Lord give you his peace. Amen. Um, we have some interesting kind of things in the readings here today from Acts of the Apostles when Philip catches up with the chariot, the eunuch who's reading from the prophet Isaiah, that famous line, you know, how am I going to know what this means unless somebody teaches me? And uh, then he proclaims Jesus. And then in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, that bread of life discourse, and uh, Jesus is making reference to that, that quote from the prophets, they shall be taught by God. And uh, I thought it might be a nice opportunity to talk a little bit about the church. You know, what a great topic. The other day, I think it was yesterday, I was driving in the car, and of course, there's lots of bumper stickers around. That we're, we're really into that here in America. And this guy had a bumper sticker on his car that said, avoid religion, follow Jesus. And uh, that kind of idea is really, really popular. There was a guy that had a video on the internet, you know, I something like, I hate religion, but I love Jesus, something like that. And um, anyways, that stuff drives me crazy. These people are completely, oh, they, they get on my nerves. Um, you too? Yeah, they get on our nerves. So, um, so a little word about that. Um, first of all, the word religion, I think they're misusing the term religion. The, the Bible itself tends to use the word religion in a very positive sense. Um, and I think what they mean by avoid religion or I hate religion would be maybe, you know, if you want to give the benefit of the doubt, it's kind of like when Jesus was correcting the Pharisees and the scribes. They, they kind of were following the externals of religion, but their hearts were really far away from God, right? There's those lines through the prophets, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So I think that's what they're trying to get at. And uh, Second Timothy uh, will also call that out if people are following the, the trappings of religion, the externals, but you know, in their hearts, they're not really with the Lord. But uh, there are so many passages that use the term religion in a positive way. You know, the end of chapter one in James, it talks about pure, unstained religion is, you know, acting on your faith. And then later on in, in the letter of James, he'll say faith without works is dead. It's like a corpse without the spirit, you know. And um, so the word religion is we have it in English comes from Latin. Uh, it's a word which means uh, something that binds or bonds or connects or ties you to God, you know, and, that, and that's beautiful, you know, it's the covenant that's, you know, we're connected to the Lord and that's, that's what our religion is. So um, good religion, religion is good. And you can't talk about religion without making reference to the church. And um, probably all of this avoid religion, just follow Jesus is symptomatic of the, the radical individualism of our age, right? Everybody's radical individualism, you know. And so just a little shout out for the church. First of all, Jesus established the church, you know, and he entrusted himself to the church. For example, Jesus himself did not write one letter of the New Testament. All 27 books in the New Testament, they're all from the church. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, and their friends, okay? Jesus didn't write any of that. So everything we know about Jesus, what he did, what he taught, it all 
it came to us through the church. It was the church that collected those writings, held on to them, put them together into what we now call the New Testament of the Bible. So thank you again to the church. Um, Jesus did not say, go and baptize yourself. You know, nobody baptizes themselves. You're baptized by someone else. There's the church. Um, when uh, Jesus taught us to pray, he did not say, pray like this. My Father who art in heaven, forgive me my... No, no, our Father. You know, it's plural. That implies the church. Um, I was thinking about the multiplication of the loaves and fishes, which is also here in John 6, which is clearly kind of a prefigurement of the Eucharist, right? That... The verbs that are used to describe the multiplication of the loaves are the same verbs to describe the Last Supper. Took the bread, blessed it, broke it, gave it. Um, and it's interesting, if you look at the multiplication of the loaves and the fishes, there's a curious detail there. Jesus doesn't give the bread to the people directly. He says that Jesus gives the bread to his disciples, and then the disciples turn around and give it to the people. And you can almost see that dynamic as, again, kind of showing us the importance of the church. Um, now, a lot of people want to say, I don't want things getting in the way, getting in between me and God. You know, as if somehow religion or the church somehow is going to block us from getting the pure connection to God directly. And uh, there's something a little off about that. How can we understand it? Um, well, later today, I am going to do something I've never done. I'm going to the eye doctor to get my glasses. Big announcement. Uh, I turned 44 the other day, and on my birthday, I went to the dentist and got my teeth drilled, and I went to the eye doctor and found out I needed glasses for the first time ever. It's horrible. It's like my midlife crisis is like raging all around me. <laughs> But you can imagine a person like myself whose eyes aren't working the best saying like, no, 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 I don't want to wear glasses. I want to see things as they are. You know, but without the glasses, I mean, I'm seeing things, but not with a lot of detail there. So, you know, you put the glasses on and that's not hindering you from seeing things accurately, right? You all, well, almost all of you have glasses here, right? <laughs> You know, so you could see almost like religion in the church like that. It's not a hindrance. It's not getting in the way. You know, that it's there and it helps us to see more, see Jesus more clearly, more accurately with greater detail. It heals the blurriness that we have with, without that. Um, I was recently at an ecumenical gathering and there were all these evangelical pastors there and we were all kind of sharing a little bit of our story and a number of them said this thing about, well, we just need to love Jesus and, and stay away from theology, and uh, which is really kind of immature and silly and ridiculous. And so when it came my turn, I felt, you know, kind of inspired to share that, that um, my experience of theology is that it's helped me to know and love Jesus more. And I think you could apply that to the church as well, that, that the church and our religion and everything that comes with that helps us to be follow Jesus you know that's probably the best definition of what religion is it's your relationship with God your response to his grace and your 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 adventure your journey your effort to follow Jesus so we particularly as religious have a, a, um, 
I was going to say obligation, or but we we have the the opportunity and the privilege of witnessing to the church, the body of Christ, and how the life of the church, the sacraments, the prayer, the fellowship, how that is kind of like God's family, and that helps us to know and love God better. And uh, so let's pray for that grace, you know, to be sons and daughters of the church, to have a great love for the church, to, to be fully in the church, to accept the church that God himself has established, that, that we're in this together, and that um, this is what true and pleasing religion is in the sight of God our Father. Amen. Amen.